Allie, is this the first Sunday that uh, you've been on with your sister at the same time? <laughs> well, awesome. Very good. We call them the Hallelujah Sisters. So Somehow Jen doesn't object to that. I don't, I don't know. All right. Welcome to Hope. I'm Pastor Tom. It's good to have you with us as we worship God here and there. And uh, encourage you to uh, fill this out if you are visiting with us or if you have any prayer requests, we would love to hear from you as to how we can be in prayer for you at this point in your life. Uh, if you are here or online, uh, you can print this out. Well, we printed it out if you're here. Uh, it's our kids printable we do every week that uh, we prepare for our little ones while we're uh, without hope for kids. And... Uh, so it's following along with many of the scriptures that we'll be covering uh, during the sermon, during the message today, and in, so your kids can uh, have the same themes and ideas current in their little hearts and minds. Uh, great way to get them involved if you have the printer and the crayons at home, or you, we, have printer, we, we have them printed out and we have crayons here. So get them if you want them. Uh, what else? We have, uh, you can always... Uh, reach us through our website and reach each other through our member portal. You can click through in our via our website to the member portal and contact each other. And uh, we also have on Tuesday nights at 7 a Zoom Bible study. Uh, this one's a little bit different, but it's really cool. So we're going through the book of Ruth, and we're looking at Ruth as a piece of literature and the ways in which God takes the, the present context and reality of Ruth and her family, and then we see it greatly disrupted, and then we watch how God resolves through his grace and his miraculous intervention uh, and his redemptive love, how he restores and renews and helps uh, Ruth and her family to discover more of how loving and incredible their God is. And then we're looking at that story as a lens into our own lives. Uh, one of the reasons that, that we did this was just, I think many of us over the past year have been through various kinds of loss that have been rather difficult, or not even this year, but in our lives. And um, this is just a way to help us kind of move through uh, the book of Ruth, and at the same time, look at the story of God's redemption in our own hearts and our own lives, and uh, sort of help each other see those elements of progress that God is making in our lives. So I encourage you to zoom in Tuesday nights at 7. There are some reading assignments and writing assignments that, that come along with the class, but don't worry, zoom in and get a feel for it. It's good stuff, and uh, write if you want to. Don't tell Sydney I said this, but don't write if you don't want to. All right. So, what else? That's Tuesday nights at 7. This Wednesday, that's Wednesday night at 7, we're going to have a planning meeting for our upcoming hosting of our presbytery. That's about, oh, I don't know, 40-some-odd churches in the Gulf South region of the United States that will be sending pastors and elders and spouses here uh, for a couple of, for a, well, one night, two days in September, <clears throat> and we will be hosting that meeting. 
And that will involve all kinds of things, like just taking care of people, providing snacks and drinks, and making sure there's toilet paper in the bathrooms and those kinds of details. And then it will also involve uh, a meal, a worship service, and a meal on Friday evening. And so we will be facilitating all of this and planning on the Zoom calls Wednesday night at 7, and uh, hopefully that, that everything will be lined out and ready by then, and it should be fairly straightforward. We'll just plug some folks into the right spots, and it should sing like a canary, but not in a coal mine. All right. I mean, that could end up, well, never mind. We'll just keep going. Um, so this summer is our time for officer nominations. You will receive an email, if you are a member of Hope Church, you will receive an email coming up shortly that will uh, outline the, the biblical qualifications for office in the church, the office of deacon or the office of elder, and we will send those out to you along with a list of eligible members for nomination and a list of current deacons and elders, etc., so you don't, you know, re-nominate someone that we wouldn't want that. You know, what would that do, give somebody like two votes? I don't know be weird. Um, but uh, those will be forthcoming. We just ask you to pray, look over those folks, look over those scriptures, and nominate the people that when you read those scriptures, you say, and you see that name, you say, yes, that person, like, represents that to me. And we'd love to receive those nominations. Nominations are open at Hope Church. They must be signed by uh, four other members and then submitted to the session for approval. And so you'll have about a month to do that once you receive that email, and then we will move forward from there. All right, so that's coming up. That's all I know, folks, except we have, where's Sherry Kopp when I need her? Is inestimable, is that a compliment? It sounds like one, doesn't it? All right, we have the inestimable Wesley True with us this morning. Wesley, if you would, come forward at this time. All right. <clears throat> How you doing? Good. All right. Yeah. Very good. You'll probably want this. Probably. And uh, there's pages one and two and page three when you need it. <laughs> All right. When in doubt, it's probably in the outline. And if I'm fishing for something, well, I don't know. It might be in the outline, might be in your, in your head. I don't know. Uh, like uh, Wesley, what's the uh, what's the Pythagorean theorem? <laughs> a squared, a squared plus b squared equals c squared. And how long <laughs> have you known that? Ever since I was maybe three. Yes. Pastor Tom right here has said that to me, and yes. I just remembered it. Ever since. <laughs> yes, and I told him, I, I started telling him this when he was three, because I could tell when he was three, he was already smarter than I was. <laughs> and so I figured, you know, I'll just teach him the Pythagorean theorem, he'll think I'm smart, and then someday, he'll be in a math class somewhere, and the teacher will say Pythagoras, and he'll go, I got this. We're talking A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Did it work? Yeah, but I didn't, like, I recognized it when I saw it in math which was but you didn't like you didn't show off and just rattle it off right there I'm just that humble okay all right well we we should have we should have done your sermon on humility then 
Yeah, <laughs> you could teach me. I can guarantee you that. All right, well, we're going to pray. So what we're doing, if you don't know, is this is part of our, this is installment number three in our youth summer sermon series. And during the school year, during youth group Bible study, which happens on Sunday nights, uh, we have some scripture assignments that we give to the kids and have them sort of study up on some aspect of God's word so they can present with me in the summer. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But Wesley, we should pray before we uh, get into God's word. You want to dial or hang up? I will dial. All right, dial away. All right. Dear God, thank you that everyone could be here today. Thank you for this wonderful day we're all going to have. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach today. Uh, That's about it for me. All right. And Lord, we, uh, we thank you again for this opportunity to gather. And Lord, we lay at the foot of your cross the burdens of our hearts that we might be more free to encounter you here through your word today. Lord, we lift before you those who are sick, who are facing uncertain diagnoses, recovering from medical procedures, and otherwise in need of your healing mercies. And we pray especially this morning for Joshua Johnson as he recovers from a car accident a little over a week ago. Um, We just pray for healing of his uh, crushed pelvis. We pray for healing of the internal organs that were damaged by that collapse, and we pray for you to remove and take away the blood clots that have formed in various places in his body as he uh, is in recovery. We pray for you to reduce and take away, uh, fully take away the infections that are raging there. We thank you for the reduction in fever and the progress that he's making. We pray your healing mercies over his 20-year-old body. And uh, we just pray, Father, that you would be with his father, David, his mother, Teresa, his sister, Hannah, and the rest of their loved ones as they pray him through this. May they know that we are with them in prayer. And, Father, we thank you for your healing mercies in advance for Josh. Lord, we lift up this country at every level of government, elected and appointed, and we pray that you would give wisdom and discernment to the decisions that are before uh, our our members of our government, both elected and appointed. We pray for the members of our military. We just pray your protection over them. We pray especially for those who are separated from their families as a result of their service. Uh, Keep the home fires burning strong. Keep them close to you, uh, both at home and away, and bring them home safely. And Lord, we pray for your church here at Hope and around the world. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your family we pray that this, this day, your uh, holy day, that we would speak forth your word throughout this world and that it would not return to you empty. We pray these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Have a seat. All right. Good, good. So we're going to start by uh, you just kind of telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, how old are you? I'm 17. 17 years old, and you're driving now? I've been driving for about a year now. For about a year, all right. And are the roads of San Antonio safe with Wesley True behind the wheel? Yes, they are. Okay. Are you a speed demon or sort of a cautious, aware? No, if I'm feeling really risky, I'll go seven over the speed limit. Seven. Okay. 
but usually it's a solid five over at most. At most, that's that's your, if you peak out five below. Don't do that in the school zone though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good. To, good to know. All right. And uh, where do you go to school? I go to Reagan High School. You go to Reagan High School. I've heard of that. <laughs> um. And uh, what what grade are you in there? I just finished my junior year, so I just got one year left. So you are a upcoming senior. Just say senior. Senior. Say I own this place. I own this place. All right. Very All right. good. Um, so uh, your favorite subject in school? Uh, unpopular opinion, but it'd be math. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it worked. I'm taking full credit for that. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. What, what kind of grades do you make in math? A. Okay. All right. <laughs> Boom. All right. Very good. Um, <coughs> and it's, it's got to be your favorite because you were ahead of the class on oh yeah. things like the Pythagorean theorem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> got it. Okay. Foundational stuff. Um, anything extracurricular that you do or are involved in that you enjoy? Uh, just one. I'm in, I'm in choir. You can sing. I can sing. You can do some singing. Yeah, maybe I can. All right. Yeah. Can you <laughs> hit like a can you hit like a low E for us? I can walk down to it. <laughs> <coughs> it barely. It's barely there, but <laughs> All right. I don't know if the mic picked it up. But All right. Well, when you get it, let me know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. That was pretty low. So, uh, Beatles or Johnny Cash? I would go Beatles. Beatles, favorite Beatles song? Uh, I don't have a favorite, but I like the song Come Together. Come Together. That's a good one. Yeah. It's got, yeah. Yeah, perfect <laughs> for the series. I like it. All right. Well, well played, sir. All right. Uh, favorite dessert? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Very good. That's a good answer. Strong answer. I like that. Very good. Um, anything else we should know about Wesley, Wes, Wessel, the Wessonator, <laughs> the Westmeister? Uh, let's stick to Wesley and Wessel. But okay. Uh, nah, I think that's about it. All right. Okay. Good start anyway. What's that, Calvin? Oh, no, no. <laughs> What do you call him, Precious? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, okay. And that's enough out of you. All right. You're going to get the elbow from your mother if you're not careful. It's sharp. Okay. So, Wesley, the way this worked was we, we had the youth uh, this past school year during youth group Bible study looking at Acts chapter 2, verse, verses 42 through 47. Can you read that passage for us, please, sir? I can. All right. <coughs> Do it. All right. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and disturbing the er, distributing proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes 
they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor, favor with all the people. And the Lord added their number day by day, those who were being saved. Very good, sir. And so uh, this passage, you, your task was to pick up on some aspect of this passage that you would then further study in God's word. Uh, what did you pick up on? So this, this is a description of a healthy church, okay. I would say. And the topic I decided to focus on for this sermon was things that can be damaging to a healthy church and how to okay. prepare for those, I guess, and recover from those. Okay. So threats to the health of the church was kind of your focus. And there was an aspect of the beehive and we have, oh, there he is, oh. Wesley True in a bee suit, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And uh, he's got the smoking can there, and uh, they're about to approach the hive. There they are. Don't stand in front of it in the flight path. Stand off to the side, by the way. So he's smoking the hive, and uh, the smoke makes the bees think that there's, they're, they're going to have to soak up all their honey and fly away. And when they soak up all their honey, they get really docile, like me after Thanksgiving dinner. So we're just checking the hive here. What did you see in there, Wes? Bees. Bees. Very good. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, and honey and honeycombs. Yep. Yep. There yeah. was there's some honeycomb that Jimmy cut out of there for us, and we all got to sample some of that. And what was that up at the top there? Up at the top, those are hive beetles. Those little black specks. Yeah. There's a little. The smaller speck is a hive beetle. Which is a threat to the hive. Correct. So speaking on threats to the health of the church, you actually went out to the hive and saw an actual threat to the health of the hive, which was, I, I didn't plan it that way, but yeah, we saw one or two or something. I don't remember. How many did you see? Two. Two? Okay. I saw one. Yeah, two's not bad. Um, okay. So... You wanted to look at so when we were when we were talking about beehives, you kind of were like mites. What's this? And uh, that was the part that interested you, which led to you wanting to kind of explore threats to the church and how we should stay healthy as a church, etc. So that's how we got here. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> and uh, so let's see what other. Um, aspects of the beehive just talk there's a couple of points at the bottom of that first page I think we've already said them because <laughs> I talk too much <laughs> what? what are we what, what, what were the threats to the hive that we're talking about so threats to the hive well the hive itself or the church the hive first. the hive so the the hive beetles that were already talked about they uh they just steal honey from the hive, and then there's uh, mites, varroa mites, I think is what they're uh, specifically called, but they just cling on to the bees, and then they just suck the life out of them until they die, which okay. is kind of sad. So, so like one or two mites, a bee's okay. Yeah, like it's not a huge deal if there's only a couple. But if there's like eight to 12 or whatever, it can just kill the thing. They're parasites. Yeah, and they reproduce like along with the bees. Okay. So. Okay. It's bad. And uh, these infestations can, can eventually weaken a hive to the point where it's not really sustainable any longer. So, um, and then 
there were a couple things that we did with our hive. Do you remember what we did to kind of try to mitigate against that and prevent? So uh, some ways to prevent mites from like, well, prevent and get rid of uh, kind of interesting powdered sugar. I don't know how accurate this is, but I read it on an article somewhere on the internet. Oh, well, then it's, it's, it's absolutely true. It has to be true. true. Yes, it has but to be But apparently true. powdered, sprinkling like powdered sugar dust on like the cells or the bees are like born will prevent any mites that are there from like hmm. living. And then there were a few <laughs> other chemicals that are harmful to mites, like not harmful to bees. Like formic acid. Okay. Thymic acid, I think was another one. A bunch of other weird chemicals. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, uh, okay. So there are things you can do to mitigate against infestations. Um, there are things you can do to prevent them in the first place or prevent them from getting too severe. So then let's roll this into the church. And you wanted to look at things that were a threat to the health of the church. And we're going to try to frame this in positive terms. Like, what can we do to maintain a healthy church? You want to start us off there? Okay. All right. All right. Well, the first step would be to be true to God's word. Be, be true. With two E's. Yeah. Yes. True. <coughs> Wesley, true. Be, we're just killing it here. This is, this is awesome. Okay. So this call to be true to the word um, and you found, so I got to compliment you here, of, of all the students that I've worked with, at least thus far, you came to the table with about 10 to 12 different Bible passages that were all about threats to the health of the church. That's a lot of work to kind of pare those down and whittle them down, but you did your, you did your homework, you mm -hmm. did your research, and uh, I think, you know, you brought a lot of good scripture to the table. We're going to focus in on uh, just two elements of that and a few different Bible passages. But will you read for us the passage from Matthew? This is Jesus speaking. So these words have some kind of double importance as he's talking about threats to the church. Go for it. All right, this is Matthew 7, verses 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs or thistles? So every, <clears throat> so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Diseased tree. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Very good. Uh, and good job. Like, you nailed it a passage on healthy and diseased, and the, the, this is right up the alley of what we're talking about. Um, what is Jesus telling us in terms of the, the leaders, the teachers, the prophets in our lives? What is he telling us we need to do? You got to look for the fruit that's good and bad. Okay. And then filter between them. All right. So be discerning, right? Be be a person who is listening well enough to know what the person is saying, but be tuned into that person's life, their heart, the way they treat other people, um, and you can tell by the fruit uh, whether they're genuine or not. Um, we want to uh, 
trust, God wants us to trust our leaders, but it's right there. <laughs> yeah, they... <laughs> It's a quote from Ronald Reagan. You go to Ronald oh, Reagan yeah, High yeah. School. <laughs> Sorry. Trust but verify. Trust but verify. Please. Yes, and, and we, we're to verify yeah. these people's teachings by how, what we see in their lives, in yeah. their heart, the fruit of their actions, okay? And we are to be people who are actually concerned about cultivating the healthy fruit. The healthy fruit. How do we do that? So a way to do that would be just stick to the word and okay. not fall for uh, – I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, just not um, to fall for schemes or yes. you know, sort of uh, – so what if I told you that if you gave more money to the church, God would bless you more? I would not believe you. Why not? Because it's not, bil- it's not biblical. It's oh, not I could probably make it biblical. Could yeah. make it sound biblical. Well, that's the thing. You got to watch out for that. All right. <laughs> so yeah, you have to be discerning. You have to um, kind of. Well, we're, we're going to go there. So these next three yeah. passages, you're going to read these in succession. All three of them, please. I'll do one if you want. You may take the middle one. Yeah, I take the middle one. All right. You take the first one. I'll take the middle one. You back clean up, and uh, and then we'll talk about these three together. Okay. All right. Go for it. All right. Second Peter, two, uh, two <laughs> verses one through three. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, because of them the way the truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. All right, and then you also found this passage in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 3 and 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. All right, and then this passage is Acts 17, 10 through 11. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if things were so. Okay. And so there's a great example of trust but verify verify by going back to the word. Let's talk through those three passages together. What is, what is the Bible trying to tell us in relation to uh, how we remain healthy by uh, being true to God's word? To not follow your own desires. Okay. To stick to the word. Uh, that's our standard, right? That's, yeah. that's where we are told through the inspiration of God what's right and wrong, good and bad. Um, and then as we do that, we have to resist this temptation to follow our own desires. Um, so you, you brought something up when we were talking about this that I thought was interesting. 
it's maybe a little controversial, but I think it's okay to talk about. Um, when, when you were reading these passages, what is the, the historical figure that came to mind for you? So I thought of uh, the founder of Mormonism being Joseph Smith whenever okay. I heard these passages. Okay. And just to be clear, we're not here to beat up on Mormons. No. Like they're God's children who created all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so what is the issue with what Joseph Smith did in the founding of, of his religious group of followers, what's the difference between what he did and what we do? So the difference there would be the additional book that Mormons okay. believe in, being the Book of Mormon. Correct. That Joseph Smith uh, created. Yes. So he, he writes and produces and then uses this additional book as a way of, of interpreting what's in this book. Um, and is that the way we are supposed to operate? No. No. Why not? Because it's not, like, in the Bible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it's a, it's like, it's a interpretation that, well, I've never read the Book of Mormon, so I don't know exactly what it says in there. Yeah, I've, I've read it. It's, it's a little weird. Um, it's, it, it doesn't, uh, how do I say it? It doesn't read like most of the scriptures read. It's not as coherent. It's not as cohesive. Um, it, it's, it's rambling sometimes, and then it's got some really weird places and people that don't exist that um, make it kind of hard to follow. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think this, you, you are correct in that like God wants us to go to his word and his word alone as the standard for what we believe, what we understand to be right and wrong. Um, and I just thought, I thought it was a good observation, a fair observation. And this is exactly the kind of thing Jesus is teaching about. Um, and then take us to back to this Acts chapter 17 passage. This is the positive example. Jesus gives us these warnings against false teachers, false prophets, uh, you know, kind of falling away from the truth, and then this passage just kind of lands right in the heart of the matter. You want to read it again or just summarize it for us? All right, well, this Acts 17 passage is talking about the Bereans who like, received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily. And okay. uh, the, I guess the goal is to be like the Bereans in that way. That we do what? When, 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 a, when a preacher presents an idea, what are we supposed to do? Receive the word with eagerness and then examine it daily. Yes, trust but verify. Trust but verify. Yes, yeah. very good. Okay. <clears throat> so that, that's sort of one uh, half, I guess, or aspect of what we were going to talk about. Um, you know, just as a little bit of an aside, this, what, the way you, the, the passages that you found kind of had, it's like a coin with two sides. There was the God side and the God's word side, right? This is, this is where we derive our understanding of right and wrong from. And then there's the other side. What's that other side we're going to talk about? So the first side was be, be true to God's word, and this one is to be true to God's people. Okay. So if we're going to be a healthy church, we have to stay true to God's word, and we true have to, to be people. true to God's people, true to each other. Okay. So 
uh, Romans 16, 17 through 18. You want to read that one? All right. All right. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but have their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Okay. So tell us, just take us through what that passage is trying to say to us. So just um, work toward, like, unity Okay, is kind of the main thing of that passage. And how easy is that in a in a gathering of selfish, sinful people? How easy is that? Is nearly impossible. Nearly <laughs> impossible. Okay, got it. Um, okay, keep going. We're to work towards unity. Also, avoid contrarians. Okay, so it's interesting that that. Paul uses this word, avoid them, right? Um, we could talk for a while about what, you know, what that might mean, what it might not mean. Um, yeah. But I think it means that we're not to get caught up in arguments with people. Uh, we're to be seeking ways to build unity and trust and understanding. Um, so... To work towards unity, we have to avoid the contrarians and focus on Jesus and Jesus. not yourself. Or okay. Yeah. Yeah. Serving <coughs> Jesus and not yourself. He talks about, uh, you know, these persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Um, how easy is that? It's pretty dang hard. Pretty dang hard. Thank you. I'm, I feel better already. Um, yeah, I, me too, right? Like, I, it's, it's difficult for me to follow Jesus in real time and not just whatever Tom wants, mm. right? But you should totally try following, doing whatever Tom wants, because it's awesome. <laughs> it's great. I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but don't trust or verify that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you want me to read Hebrews 3, 12 through 14? Hmm? You want me to read the next one? Sure. All right. Just trying to help. You want to read it? We can read it together. Can you read it in low E? No. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hebrews tw 3, 12 through 14. Take care, brothers. <laughs> lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. And, and you, we've just touched on one of the kind of repeated themes in the book of Hebrews. The author is very concerned about our perseverance of faith. But uh, take, us, take us into what this passage is saying about being healthy and being true to God's people. So the best way to do that is to cultivate faith. Okay. So to... To look at the world and our lives and the other people around us through that lens of faith, uh, which involves trust, etc. And, and on a positive level, this passage is telling us to do what? Well, like with the trust, you got to lean into each other and then also lean into the gospel. Yes. So if I'm, if I'm trying to lean into my relationship with you, and, or maybe you're trying to lean into your relationship with me, and I'm not being very understanding or receptive or kind, 
um, you might have to learn how to forgive me, right? How, where, do you, where do you get that idea from? Like, where, where have you found forgiveness in your own life that would allow you to extend it to somebody like me? So that last uh, <laughs> point. So you lean into the gospel, that, that would be. Yes. Yeah. So as we, as, we, as we sort of move towards each other, we have to continually go back to that well of grace that we've drank from in the past because I'm not always the easiest guy to get along with. You probably have your own idiosyncrasies. Um, and so we have to learn to be extend gra- the grace that's been extended to us. We have to learn to extend that to each other. All right, you want to read James 4, 11 through 12? Because I don't read James. <coughs> Done. You don't? No. Uh-uh. It's too convicting. All right. Okay. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. And there is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Okay. So we had some great discussion on this passage. I actually really enjoyed this discussion. And you kind of came up with a bottom line. What's God calling us to do here? Not judge one another, because that's his job. Okay. And we, we start er, that process. By showing respect yes, to God. To God and to others. To others. Yes. <coughs> well, the, both of those things. Yeah. Why, <laughs> why do we have to respect all other people? Because all other people are creations of God, and for you to disrespect that is to disrespect God himself. Okay. Do you have to agree with someone to respect them? No. No. Um, but we are called to be respectful of others. Otherwise, if we're not, uh, then we've placed ourselves in whose chair? God's chair. Do you really want to be in God's chair? It's probably too big. It's a little big. Yeah, but it won't no. be comfortable. Not for long. might be cool <laughs> for a couple seconds, and then I would evaporate. Yeah, <laughs> that's not fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so to show respect for others and to show respect for God— and we show respect for God by showing respect to others. That was part of that conversation we had. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then you found one verse that just kind of nails this whole thing down very succinctly. We found other verses, several other verses. Um, but you, you thought this one was the shortest, which is great. So read it to us and tell us what it means. All right. All right. This is First Peter verse, chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity in mu- unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Well, read. I think that pretty uh, sums up most of the sermon we just did. Yeah, very much so. And so, this idea—if we're going to be healthy as a church, we have to be true to God's word, true to each other. Um, and this passage, in particular, is telling us what to be a lover instead of a fighter. Okay. Do you need to <laughs> say that to someone over there? He's <laughs> you, need, you need to remind him? Of that? Nah. I mean, it's your preaching, man. You can point if you want to. I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so 
be a lover, not a fighter. That's what God wants from us is to, and I don't know about you, but I can be pretty combative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so this, this is a calling that I have to constantly go back to that God wants me to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Um, and uh, so you came up with a way of kind of summarizing this passage. So we, we looked at this, this idea that love is in the center. Uh, there's, there's five attributes that are described here, two in the front, love in the center, two in the back. Mm-hmm. You want to take us through those, please? Right. All right. So <clears throat> being considerate and sympathetic is having unity of mind and sympathy. And then being tender and humble is having a tender heart and having a humble mind. Okay. And uh, also, not uh, always the easiest uh, traits of course not. to <laughs> realize in life. But yeah. thank you um, for all the work you did and the, the, the truths that you brought to us and kind of uncovered with us. Um, I appreciate your heart and all the hard work you did. And good job. Thank you. You want to, uh, they don't ever clap for me, dude. (laughs) I'm just telling you. Um, Would you like to uh, dial or hang up as we close in prayer? I will hang up this time. All right. Is there anything else that I missed in here that you wanted to say? I think we covered pretty much everything. Do you need to tell your brother to be a lover, not a fighter? Not here. (laughs) Okay. All right. Were you going to dial or hang up? I forgot. I'll hang up this time. All right. Father God, thank you for uh, the gift of your church, for your call to us uh, to be true to your word and true to each other. Uh, And Lord, we thank you that in the face of those impossible callings, uh, you have poured out your grace on us through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that uh, we have that eternal well of forgiveness and love to draw from daily. Help us to return there often, to know that uh, while we are broken, you are desirous of making us whole, that you indeed want us to be more and more faithful to your word and more and more faithful to each other. Uh, Thank you for Wesley and his heart and mind being put into this project, and I just pray your blessing over each person who was here uh, to participate in, in your word this morning in this way. Dear God, thank you for giving me a chance to speak today. Uh, thank you for everything you do. Um, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well done. All right.